0: leader of Ferraferia, as our guest, in an after-event commentary on the Beltane ceremony we featured on last week's show, Thursday, and we performed for, for 20 members and guests on Saturday, uh, the 28th of April, at Rivendell Hermitage and Temple in Outdoor Henge uh, in, in uh, Silverado for this event. Now, Beltane is a cor- cross-quarter ceremony falling between vernal equinox and summer solstice. On Sunday, Lady Jo led us through a new development in her Green Pulse Feriferian divination system. Using material developed by the late Master Frederick Adams, she created a cloth aniosphere that was large enough to dance on as the latest method of Astrological and Tarot Association, a very shamanic process which yields remarkable results. So join us, and we'll give you our impressions of an exciting new way to use your toes in magic. Lady
1: Joe, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello, folks.
0: Oh, good. Excellent. Now, uh, let me... Uh, you, uh, let me... Uh, um, suggest that you start off and give us a give us a recap of the uh, you know of the uh, the Beltane ceremony, what we did and all, and and I will read that uh, you know that uh, invocation of psyche that I did uh, when, when, the, when when it's appropriate. But go ahead and and kind of give us a rundown on on the on the uh, on the Beltane ceremony and. And uh, what we what we accomplished.
1: All right. Well, um, we were pleased that we had about uh, 20 people in attendance, and um, everybody spent some time making wreaths uh, ahead of time, um, which was great fun. And uh, Patricia brought loads and loads of flowers of all kinds, very large and beautiful, um, and bright colors uh, to decorate the hens and, and so that was really perfect for the season. Um, Beltane is so much about springtime. It's the essence of springtime, really, and um, flowers, right? Um, and uh, so we we uh, chanted our way um, across the bridge and into the Hange area, and um, uh, we went through the sun doors and moon doors that we described what that meant on our last show with you. Um, and uh, called in the various um, fairies of the quarters and cross-quarters and declared sacred space um, by caressing the uh, white wedding mound in the center of the circle, which is a stone. Um, And uh, let's see. Um, There were some um, moments of description about what we were up to. Uh, Then we started with describing and evoking uh, Psyche Aphaea and uh, Hermes, um, or um, um, Eros Hermes in this case. Um, we uh, um, had a lovely evocation of Hermes by Lauren, and, um, uh, and then, of course, hope you proceeded with evoking uh, Psyche Aphaea. Um, let's not forget that we um, had also brought in our awareness of the surrounding landscape there at the beginning. Um, which is something we always do as part of our evocation of space and place that we're in at the beginning of our ritual um so if folk you might like to give us a uh a uh, just a section of that evocation of psyche um that would just i think really give people a feeling for what was going on there at the ritual,
0: uh right. A pure magical lady of sculptured landscapes, sacred temples, and mystic mazes, you, the tender one who balances the scales of Libra between dream and reality, surreal fancy and worldly realization, between inspiration and creation, longing and fulfillment, whose wistful yearning engenders romantic love in maiden and youth alike, and elicits hope of eternal enchantments. Evo, Iaphaea, blessed nymph, whose soulful dulcimer and ringing bells are heard in the quiet of a moonlit night above the lake of the two silver swans. Materialize, ghostly lady. Appear, come forth gently, come sweetly. Come, Psyche, in the season of Beltane. Unfold the holy flower petals with quivering anticipation. Psyche, of magic gardens and enchanted palaces. Come gently, come sweetly, come with dancing grace. Psyche, come forth. Psyche, come forth. And then, of course, Psyche did come forth. Yes. Thank Uh, you. And spoke
1: huh. So um yeah. that what what she actually said was somewhat longer, but I'll I'll give a little uh a brief rendition of some of what she said, um, as she uh described courtship and the season of enchantment chain. Now is the time of courtship. Pollination in the vegetable queendom is done in peace without violence and upheaval, in windswept ways or the ramblings of insects. Throughout most of the animal queendom, the male proceeds cautiously, sometimes in a dancing way, to win the favor of his lady. With humans, encouraged by the double credo of paternalistic aggression and sexual repression, abuse of earth and people has taken a high toll in torturous ways. So I urge you to foster the art of courting in ways tender and sublime, my realm of psyche phereia of romance, nostalgia, empathy, receptivity, combines with the realm of Hermes Eros Can, who bestows balance, adaptability, discernment, and communication. We encourage you toward romance in the hide-and-seek world of lovers. Let you seek each other with longing and wistfulness and wonder. I am the winged one. I hover over the diaphanous cloud cover of all earth, and I soar into the vaporous regions of heavens, darts after me in poetic pursuit, where you may not follow, save in spirit. I disappear so that he may search for me. So that's her last line, and she disappears behind the veils once more. Um, A little earlier, uh, when the evocation of Psyche was originally done and then the evocation of um, Hermes, we did unveil... um, statues that were on plinths of each of the two, the goddess and god, um, with candles at their feet, and we had uh, a basket of petals and roses and flowers being held by Patricia, and people went around and then deposited the flowers at the feet of these two statues. Um, Then, uh, let's, See, I think that that was exactly the time. After that, that we we separated into going into the men's mysteries and the and the women's mysteries, and the women had their mysteries down by the creek, uh, by the water, which is really perfect for women, the flowing, the flowing half of the species. Um, and uh, we had it all decorated up as kind of the red tent theme, which is this thing that's developed um, in the last several years that's kind of become popular where women will gather together and grade almost exclusively in shades of red and pink and um, talk about things that are really unique to being a woman, you know, to just the the unique experience of having, you know, a womb and the capability of carrying new life and, you know, bleeding with the moon and all these things that are really unique to femaleness um, and, you know, women. Um, And the men talk too, Pope, but, you know, I, I, couldn't
0: really say what they talked about would you would you care to describe that in any way at all well i'm i'm uh, if 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 you can put john on uh let him let him talk a little bit about the the men's mysteries if he if he's right there uh and if if not i'm gonna talk about him but uh but uh john would like to like to talk about the men's mysteries I think that would be appropriate so put him on yeah okay here he is. Hello oh, there. Um, hi, John. Uh, okay, hi. you got us all over by the you got us all over by the fence, and and you yes. you presided on the on the uh, on the men's mysteries and did a very good middle pillar uh, yoga exercise, which uh, which I appreciated. Anyway, tell us about the men's mysteries and and uh, and, uh, and go ahead and and, and give us yeah. give us a rundown on the men's mysteries.
2: Yeah. Well. Okay. Um. I guess they're not so mysterious, so not put out here in the in the airways. But uh, yeah, I mean that that fifth pillar, we were definitely taking energy, definitely connecting with the earth and bringing that energy up through our various chakras and, and you know into our sensitivities to the world. And then I mean, we we talked about the um, uh, you know a lot of the proper well not proper but you know, the, the appropriate ways to, you know, find our way in the world and, and, and really respond to, you know, the urges within ourselves and, and you know, lower selves and higher selves and uh, and the way to really respect nature and ourselves and our partners and, and figure out where we're going and, you know, who's going to go with us. And, uh you know, do a lot of the stuff that we do well and follow role models that've been giving to us sometimes through nature sometimes uh, you know through fellow our fellow humans in the past and, and present and um let me see um I know and a, a lot of people I mean I added some of my uh thoughts and uh we pretty much a number of people added a number of their thoughts, and, and uh, you actually folk had some interesting thoughts around the roots of chivalry and and. Uh, and really yeah, well, I'll it.
0: talk about that. I'll talk about that when you get when you when uh, when you wrap up. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, uh, but, I'm not, but, but i not. I don't really so have any
2: of my notes here with me. So. Uh, um,
0: okay. Well, well know, anyway, I, I recall. Let me let me recall a few things that, uh, about it that I recall before I discuss uh, my, my contribution. Anyway, everybody had a little something to say, which was good because this was sort of like. Uh, and also, you know, I want to make sure everybody understands we had a drummer. Uh, we had Dan Dan McKim there, uh on the big shaman's drum, and he was he was giving us a drum beat. It wasn't exactly a shamanic drum beat, but it was a low drum beat, and that's a very heavy big drum, you know boom, 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 so we had a drum beat going on the whole time and and uh, uh then then we had a very appropriate sacrament, and you remember what the sacrament was uh yeah so, it was a but. Think- logi-
2: yeah, you yeah, yeah you know I believe it was.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you mean it was appropriate, so, and, uh, indeed. Everybody, in fact, uh, you know that. God, yeah, it was very, very appropriate. And, and then you asked for, you know, then then we wouldn't. And, and after we had all partaken of the sacrament, uh, then then each then each person in the in the circle had 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 a contribution. Uh, you know, uh, had something to say about it and uh and I recalled about the sacrament uh and I will recount that story. this friend of mine uh, uh who was in the air force over in germany a good friend of mine uh had a german friend uh who said who who had who had said that Americans have no culture he had, he said oh he said you Americans have no culture so so Joe I uh, said, "Well, come on over to my to my uh, apartment in and, and, uh, and, uh in the evening, and I'll and I'll show you the I'll, I'll introduce you to American culture." So uh, the German fella came over, and Joe opened up a bottle of Jack Daniels and put Dave Brubeck on the on the stereo. And so the two of them sat there and drank the bottle of Jack Daniels and listened to Dave Brubeck till about midnight. And then when they finally got done, the German fellow said, Yeah, 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 you Americans, you have culture, you have culture. So uh, uh, that was uh, that was my comment on the Jack Daniels, uh, which was excellent. But uh, also the comment that uh, the other comment I made was that chivalry that chivalry is, in effect, a man's mystery that also combines and also plays in with the women's mysteries. And that, that chivalry uh, that chivalry is a combination of pagan honor and Christian charity. And so the best of both worlds in that respect. And, and uh, one thing that I did not mention, that I should have mentioned, is that Chivalry is where we get the expression "gentleman." You know, we we call we 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 always refer to men as gentlemen,
2: and well, yeah, that comes from that
0: chivalry. Yeah. Oh, did I mention that? I
2: I I, I, I didn't realize I had. Maybe. You mentioned, you know, I mean, it's it's yeah, where the well,
0: they,
2: just the, the pagan I mean, and the. Christian, you know, the Christian morality, the pagan. What were the terms you used?
0: Well, as I said, the the uh, the term I uh, that I used is charity. You know, the main the main virtue and and that the, the Christians contributed to chivalry was charity, which which also and also the honoring and uh, honoring and, and and protecting and honoring women and and uh, and. Uh, and uh the troubadours of course uh the, the, that's the the kind of the epitome of chivalry uh the the adoration of, of women which is in a sense an adoration of the divine feminine and fred as i recall was very much into the troubadour tradition he was very very much into it and absolutely uh, really yeah okay uh, thank you thank you for your uh, for that john and 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 uh and we'll get back to Joe. Joe, uh, uh, um, do you want to uh, you want to cover the uh, when we returned when we returned from the mysteries? I remember uh, I gave one of my Tarzan yells at the end of the men's mysteries. I don't know whether the women heard it or not. Did you hear my Tarzan yell down the I creek? I think
1: that I did. But what I also noticed was that there were several times while you folks were doing your men's mysteries. On the other, up above us where we were down in the creek and you were up above on the hill. We, like, totally heard you shouting with laughter and glee a couple different times. I was like, dang, you know, they're having a good time. I mean, which is good, of course. <laughs> we weren't laughing quite as loud as you were. Um, but I thought that was yeah, well. uh, a good thing. And we, we did go into some more additional stuff that you know, I kind of feel like I'm not sure exactly how much is secret, you know, and how much people feel like they would feel like uh, you know, should I mention it on the air type of thing. So, let me just. Well, say I remember in, in a way that was more. Look, I, I
0: remember, remember that Svetlana, Svetlana, adopted from the Muslim tradition. She adopted that uh, that that uh, that feminine, uh, you know, uh, I I don't know what to call it, but it's. Oh yeah, the yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know what you, I don't there. know what you call that, but I, uh, you know, I I was waiting to hear. Yeah, I was waiting to hear that from you guys down in the creek. <laughs> you know, we got to understand you <laughs> uh, before we did. Oh <laughs> yeah, all, yeah okay. Yeah, so anyway, anyway, we, so we all
1: got some,
0: so we had our mysteries, and then we got back together in the hedge, and we right. uh, so let's so pick it up from there, okay? All right.
1: So, yeah, we proceeded back up into the henge and circumambulated about with the drum bees still going. And uh, in both in the men's mysteries, you know, with certain people leading and then in the women's mysteries, um, you know, we also learned the chant. Okay, so the chant was, the goal of the chant was to charge up these stones that along with when people were making their wreaths, the other thing they were doing was they were selecting these little uh, shiny stones, each one. Each person selected one of them and um, painted their own personal symbol or initials onto the stone. And then those stones were placed in a basket in the middle of the circle. Um, And then when we came back from our mysteries, we uh, used the chant that we had learned in the mysteries all together now and the drum beat, and we um, uh, danced around the circle um, kind of faster and faster with this chant, with Hermes Cucco Uh, Dance with us tonight was the first line of the chant, and um, uh, Psyche, if they prance with us tonight, was the second line. (laughs) Let's see, Hermes, Cocopiee, your fire is getting bright. Um, And the third line eludes me right now, but it was. And uh, and so we basically just kept repeating this chant and getting louder and louder and more and more, you know, focused on these stones in the center, which were absorbing our um, enthusiastic reverberations. and uh, at a certain point, the whole thing peaked, and everybody started just, you know, generally shouting, Hail hey, or ever or, you know, something like that. And, you know, there was a lot of that kind of a, you know, you know, that kind of, like, vocalization going on. And um, uh, then it, it all settled down. We, we brought the energy back down, and people were directed to, you know, channel the energy which we had built up to such a peak, you know, out through their fingertips and into the stone. And then um, that was the spirit of belting, you know, by evoking um, uh, Hermes, Pocopili, and uh, Psycheopheia so powerfully into these stones, then each person would identify their own stone later on and take it home with them for their altar, their pocket, or where they would like to have it, to kind of carry that. That was a real high point of energy. Um, and then once we had done that and people had retrieved their stones, we, um, did our communion, uh, which is, um, a lovely communion. We described it a little bit on the last show where we evoke each element and, um, describe the blessings of that element. Um, and the sensual qualities of that element. Um, we went around the circle with, um, uh, rose oil, also, and put that on each person's forehead um, in a little pattern of a moon. And just about that time, the actual full moon was rising up over the the trees and the flowers and the brambles up on the hill above us. Um, really, you know, hugely bright. It was one of these, you know, impressively bright, big, fat, round moons. It was just absolutely perfect. to have it coming up at that exact moment. Oh, that was
2: beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was really beautiful. It did feel like we were doing it in honor of the moon, you know. Um, And we were outdoors. This is is like, you know, archetypal stuff: dancing in a circle under the full moon. It's just like, you know, it doesn't get much more primal than that in a way. And um, so everybody was kind of feeling great about that, uh, just you know, feeling that powerful moon coming up. And um, uh, so we partook of the 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 sacred spring water and, you know, inhaled the incense and, you know, appreciated the the sounds and the visuals of the elements. And um, uh, then we all did the, the, Oh, Holy Maiden prayer together. Um, um, oh, Holy Maiden is a kindling quick, which many people have heard before when I've done it on your show. Um, and which I would like to encourage everybody to learn. Um, it's available on the um, Barafaria website. If someone is interested in learning it, um, just just say that every day, up, up, sometime outdoors, say it to the largest tree in your neighborhood, or you know, to the the moon or the sun, or whatever is appealing to you at the moment, or to a beautiful flower, or just anything, um, and uh, and just feel yourself be you know more in tune with the larger natural landscape when you do that. Um, so then we we. Um, sent the, the various fairy spirits on their way, we thanked the goddess and the god, and we um closed the sun door and the moon door and um and uh declare that it was time to let the bacchanalia begin
0: <laughs> yeah that thats uh, a pretty good wrap up of of uh, of uh, everything for the evening uh and I want to mention uh before we uh before we move on to divination, I want to mention that uh that uh, there's an old tradition started by, I say old, because we started it back in the 1970s. And that was that the OTA does the quarters and Farifaria does the cross-quarters. And, and Fred originally uh, developed the and nine royal passions of the year, and that was quarters and cross-quarters. But once we started doing seasonal ceremonies based on the old uh, Canaanite uh, you know, originals, uh, they were all based on the, uh, the solstices and the equinoxes. Actually, the truth of the matter is that the original Canaanite uh, seasonal ceremonies were actually based on the planting seasons, not the not so much the solstices, and the equinoxes. But over the years, they got hermeticized, like everything else. It is it, it subject to uh, subject to hermetic philosophy, and so. Uh, when we reconstructed them they became attuned to the you yeah. know to the zodiacal uh, uh, solstices and equinoxes and at that point Fred and Svetlana decided that they would emphasize the cross quarters and, and help us do the uh, you know, help us do the uh, the quarters. And and so that's was kind of a tradition we established. And Beltane certainly fits into that because you know it's one of the one of the one of the major cross quarter corner ceremonies. And so, actually, I I encourage I encourage uh, OTA people uh, to to do uh, to do the uh, cross quarters. I really do. I, I I and so I encourage you to go over to the over to the uh, website. And and uh, learn you know learn those cross quarters and and uh, and get into the, into doing the cross quarters because it, it it's uh, it, it very definitely uh, there's very definitely a close connection between between the two uh, and I might add that Fred introduced me to Jesse Weston's From Ritual to Romance which was one of the one of the books that uh, helped us establish our our uh, our ancient Canaanite uh, uh, quarterly uh, quarterly ceremony tradition now uh that having been said um, let's talk about your your, your green pulse oracle and the latest and and, and, the, and the latest discovery that you made uh in in Fred's uh, work that enhances it so
1: um, Pope, i would like yes. very much to just uh devote a few sentences to um, suggesting ways that people can celebrate Beltane at home since many people don't have a group to meet with and celebrate as a group with. And, um, and then we'll j- dive deeply into the, uh, the new version of the Green Pulse. All right?
0: Okay. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, just if anybody can take um, like a little space Um, outdoors if they have access to outdoors even if it's only on a patio or porch or if they don't have any outdoor space indoors and um put a place of some kind or a little table or just an area where there's a big fat rock or something and um they could plant some flowers around it they could um make you know an altar basically to the spirit of Beltane and decorate it with fruit and flowers um and then uh you know, they could offer an ode of their own to Hermes, Eros, Pan, and Psyche Athea, or they can get it um, from our website. Um, they can write down their ode, and then um, maybe with, like, they'll have a little incense burner there, and they can burn the paper. You know, not losing it permanently. They can always keep a backup copy on their computer. But, you know, just it's a little sacrifice. You say the ode, and then by burning it, you send that metaphorically up to the heavens and to the be um, you can burn a little incense, um, something kind of romantic. What strikes you as being a romantic incense, and um, make a devotional that way to the spirit of Beltane And I think that, you know, anyone can do that, and it's it's a fun thing to do, um, even if you don't have a larger group to celebrate with. So I just I just wanted to put that out there.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Okay. Let's uh, now. Now the next day, Sunday. Uh, after we had recovered a little bit, uh, remember I slept, I slept a little late and, and, uh, uh, before you took off for, um, uh, up North, uh, you laid out the, um uh, the print printout on, on the, uh, on the, on the, uh, the linen, uh, on the linen, uh, well, I won't call it a rug. Let's don't call it a rug. Let's, let's call it a, let's call it a, uh, uh, a soft circle, because that was, in fact, what it is. It's a magic, it's a magical circle, uh, the anosphere which uh, we which we were able to walk on barefooted, and and uh, and do a sort of a a sort of a dance around it. Uh, and and uh, you had this. This is an addition to your green pulse oracle that you've been working on, which, which we've covered in in the Hermetic Hour shows. Uh Good. this is an addition which you did, which additional research that you've done on on uh, out of Fred's archives. And uh, so I want you to talk about uh about uh, the additional research, the additional material of how you've how you've uh, manifested it and how we uh you know, how we set up to do that. So so okay. explain that to us if you will. Go ahead.
1: Sure. Um, it probably makes sense to just describe what an Enneasphere is uh, for people. And if people um, want to, they can actually go to the org website and scroll down to where it says Latest Editions. And under, it, right, that's right in the middle of the kind of bottom of the page. And if you see Latest Editions there, the first thing that's listed, it says Eniospheres. If you click on that, it'll take you to an article that I put up just for this show tonight. Um, and uh, it's an article that describes what an aniosphere is, and then there's an image that shows you a picture of an aniosphere, courtesy of Peter Tromp, who is one of our our area members in the Netherlands. Um, He took one of Fred's uh, aniospheres and colored it in a way to make it more, you know, kind of more beautiful, but also more visible, which planet goes where. So um, for those of you, for whatever reason, can't, actually go to that um, page right now to look at it, I'll describe it. Um, any sphere means nine spheres, and it means that um, you've got eight spheres around the edge of the inside of the circle, and the ninth one is in the middle. And so each of those eight spheres the refers to one of the five visible planets or the sun, the moon, or the earth. And the central sphere is uh, representing the center of um, the galaxy and the universe and of, of all being, you might say. Um, so it's a spiritual diagram in the same way that the Kabbalistic Tree of Life is a spiritual diagram. Um, there are a very, There's one very important difference. It presents the circle as the basic relationship between different spheres of being. Um, and that's, uh, you know, the Tree of Life is a really useful diagram, but it is hierarchical. It presents the earth on the bottom, and then all the refined kind of higher, it's understood to be a top-down system emanating from above and going down to what's considered below at the earth, whereas the endosphere...
0: Joe, Joe, let me mention the original source on this for those listening who are of a scholarly bent. Uh, The original source on this Sphere is uh, Paul Christian's History and Practice of Magic, 1870, or eighteen seventy three. And uh it, this is probably this original Eniosphere is in the mysteries of the pyramids, uh which of course is the basis of the of the OTA's uh crater Crateropo initiation. And also uh it was Fred's inspiration for for developing the Eniosphere. We also use it for our Rose Cross. It's uh it it it's in in the Paul Christian book you can't miss it. It's got it's got the four Caribs around it surrounding it. And he attributes it or gives the impression that Colestro developed it. I don't think that's the case. I think Paul Christian or, or some other French musician must have done this. Uh we did see something similar to it in one of the old French cheese of Solomon. But that's where that's where it came from originally. This was Prince Inspiration and uh, and of course we've also uh, done done work with it in the OTA. It's the basis of our Rose Cross in the OTA also. Anyway, uh so I thought I'd mention that, that, that that's the original source of it. Paul Christian's right. uh history and practice of magic. And and uh uh, anyway, so go
1: ahead. Okay, so if, for those of you especially who can see the, the image that I've got there on the Fairfaria website, um, you'll see that each of the spheres has one of the planet's uh, astrological symbols on it. The two that might be a little less familiar with people, on the left or western side, it says Simona, and that uh, sphere has a, um, it, it's a uh, it looks like a, um, Minoan or Cretan uh, axe double axe and that is a symbol that Fred is using for the uh, spirit of the earth and just below that in the southwest is um, where it says llamas there's a figure that is really kind of a Farifarian symbol but it's um, meant to indicate Venus, the planet Venus Um, so with that you can readily identify the other uh, planets now what we what we have with the Enniosphere is um, this basic symbol from which many 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 um uh, sets of correspondences can be drawn, and um, they will not all fit in one uh, page of paper that's too confusing. It would be like overwhelming to try to fit all those correspondences. So what Fred did was he had many, many versions of the Enneosphere that showed different sets of
0: correspondences
1: and um, so what you see here is just one of them, but the one that I'm going to describe now, you'll be able to figure out what I'm describing if you're looking at this image. It's the path, the linear line from one sphere or planet to the next one. And so there's eight spheres or planets, and there are seven relationships. That planet is related to seven other planets, right? So there's seven relationships times eight planets for a total of 56 sets of relationships, and um, then that number, 56, subtract one card for um, each of the four seasons, and you have 52 weeks of the year remaining, which perfectly accepts the remaining court cards um, of the tarot, um, not court cards, um, minor arcana of the tarot. Um, And so that's what we were doing when we were dancing. We had this image of the Enneasphere with these paths on it, and we were able, because it was it was uh, like about a uh, maybe a six foot or eight foot square piece of cloth with this very large inus on it. And uh, whoever was going to be the person doing the divining would speak in out loud and then go into the center, and the rest of us would hold the space with our arms out um, to kind of keep them in the center. And the person asking the question would then don a uh, blindfold and start dancing or um, spinning or walking around in the circle in a random fashion, um, occasionally changing directions and going wherever the spirit called them as long as they stayed within the circle and with our arms. We kept them in the circle. And then at a certain point, they realize that they're disoriented um, or that they're finished or whatever, and they, they stop their movements and dancing. And then to determine which path is going to be the answer to their question, um the receptive side of their body is their left side and the place where they make contact with the earth and with the enneosphere is their left foot and um you know that we're paying attention from here and the dominant um toe of the left foot is of course the great toe so the uh path directly beneath the great toe the tip of the great toe was the selector being um, the answer to their question. So each did this, and it was a really fun thing to do. Um, and it, it, we just did all of them and then after, you know, and wrote down our answers. Um, and then we sat down and, you know, chatted about, okay, here's the card that was selected because that path is aligned with that particular tarot card. And uh, Fred has his relationship uh, written down um, on a separate piece of paper, which is um, describing, if you're going to say, what is the relationship between the path between Venus and Mars, that's a very particular relationship. If it's between uh, Venus and Mercury, that's a different relationship, right? So with the sun and the moon, it's a different relationship than the relationship with Saturn and Mars, as an example. So each of these paths um, has their very specific tarot minor um, arcana attribute and the relationship that Fred wrote down as being the essence of what's going on between those two planets. So we referred to both of those sources of information as, um, as the divinatory meaning that was the answer of our question. And um, uh, Don just pointed out to me that the paths are not on that, this diagram. That's true. I haven't actually been able yet a, uh, an image of this uh, with the paths on it. Up on the internet, so um, it will be in the book, but I haven't got it on the internet yet. So for those of you who are really listening to this show and are like, "Well, I don't see these paths because they're just not up there yet," sorry. I uh, guess
0: a pretty good, uh, a pretty good rundown of what we did. Uh, the, uh, I think, you know, as I mentioned, I think the, the 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 shamanic drumbeat should accompany this dance. Uh, that shamanic drum beat, of course, is is a lot of people don't realize that that's a little faster than they think it is. They hear about a shamanic drum beat they think they think like like one of these old western movies with the tom toms and they think it's a slow beat. It's actually not. It's a staccato beat, and and I think that that's the one thing that would help is when you're dancing yeah. around that. Uh, when you're when you're dancing around there, that, that that we should have a drummer that 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 uh, uh, with a shaman's drum that does that sh- that does that uh, shamanic beat. But anyway, as I said, I've got the two tarot cards. That, yeah, I took the two tarot cards that that I got online, and I have them up. Pinned up right, uh, right up uh, on my workstation right now, and and uh, relating, you know. So, and they're both they're both in the in the suit of cups, and and that that certainly fits what I'm doing. So I'm I'm very I'm very very pleased with with the with the results I got, and and uh, and yet the, the the first time that I did the green pulse uh, a year or so ago with you using the leaves, uh, you know. The book of leaves. <laughs> yeah, using the leaves uh, that the, the, I was very pleased with that divination. Also, I think that this is an excellent system, and I and I, I just you know I really am looking forward to seeing it published. Uh, and but uh, you have more information on it on, on the paraphernal website, don't you? Right. Um, well, I let me just go back and see what I've got there.
1: Hold on. See, I have literally, I've got maybe close to 200 articles on this website right now. And I get a little lost myself about what I've published on here and what I haven't. Let me think here. Um, You know, I don't see that it's on there. I think that um, we've been kind of following along with, you know, this idea that when the book is actually published, then we'll put um, a big article on it. But we haven't done that yet. Um, we uh, probably if people are interested in um, getting more about it, they could look, because you and I did a show just about a year ago on the Green Pulse, and uh, people could always look that up in your um, Hermetic Hour archives. Um, yeah,
0: they except, could look in the archives and, and pick it up, right. Yeah. And, I uh, up yeah
1: they... What we have here is, at this time, is there's a book that's complete unto itself, that we haven't, you know, made available, you know, in terms of people able to buy it or anything because we're, you know, we're using this as a demonstration to the publisher to say, oh, you know, this, um, but we haven't sold it. So we're hoping that the publisher will be sold and buy it. That hasn't happened yet. Um, but um, so that exists and it's a complete thing unto itself. But we've now, because as you say, of having discovered more information of what is possible to do with this system, that Fred had put together. So we've expanded that into being another section of the book, about 25 pages long. Um, and I've got that in outline form right now. It hasn't actually been written and completed as the first part of the book
0: has. So, um, I feel I the same way. The I, did, I, I, did, I did my yoga book. Uh, uh, it was almost two years ago. I did the first volume, and I'm just about to get the second volume to the printer, uh, uh, On you know, the, the, the yoga book. the yoga books. So sometimes, uh, sometimes you get halfway through something, and and then uh, there's more. Then you find out there's more. There's more to do, and then so the idea is just write another book, and and yeah. uh, you can do that. And and I know that's the same the way with Adamson's Quest. I've got I got Adamson all the way from Malkuth up to Hodd, and and so I'm stopping. I'm doing the first book of Adamson's quest from, from Malkuth to Hod, And then he's got to do another book, uh, you know, from Hod on up to Kether. And, and so he's, there's room for a second book, but I'm going to get the first one out, uh, before I do the second one. And, uh, cause he's got a long way up to go. Anyway, uh, I think this pretty much, uh, pretty much, uh, wraps it up. And, and, uh, uh and I wanna thank you for and, and for him John for coming on and and uh you know and sort of recapping the uh, the beltane for us and and, uh, and talking about the Green Pulse. I, I really, really, as I said, I really enjoyed that Green Pulse and really enjoyed the Beltane, of course it was wonderful and wonderful, inspiring. And I wanna remind people uh to visit the Fair website, uh that's w dot, uh, dot what is it dot org dot or com dot org dot org yeah yeah same as same as, yeah, or, or yeah same as ours c h uh, s o t a dot org anyway um uh so uh next week next week on the on this very same that channel uh if I get finished with the uh with with the hypno no, of uh, Polipili, of uh, Colonna's piece, if I get finished with it by next week, we'll do the Hypnorodomachia. uh and uh but I'm putting myself to sleep reading it every night. And you know, this thing is a monster, you know. And but it's it it's one of the foundations of the foundation books of 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 uh, you know the Western Western occultism, especially neo paganism. And uh, and Fred gave me Fred gave me the great big huge copy, which I have in the mummy case. But but I've got now I've got a, a paperback copy. Which, which is a little easier to handle, especially when you're reading it in bed at night, putting yourself to sleep with it. If I get finished with the, with the, with the Hypnarrhidomachia, and by the way, Hypnarrhidomachia is the source book and the model for the Ninth Gate, that's the called Club Dumas, the Ninth Gate, the Rule of Four, and the chemical wedding of Christian Rosenkreuz. It influenced all of those all of those books, which I'm sure many of us are familiar with. And so next week, the hypno. If if I get done with it, if not, I'm going to do uh, I'm going to review uh, Dean Radin's uh, Real Magic. He's a parapsychologist. He's written a book called Real Magic, which is quite quite interesting. And uh, so it's either one or the other. So be sure and tune in next week. Uh, Uh, Same station, and uh, until then, good magic.